the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And next, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that allows you to sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head on over to BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy.com slash SGPN. And finally, we're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends. Join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's S-O-B-E-T slash S-G-P-N. And finally, of course, do not forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the app wherever it is you download apps. Welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode number 104, dedicated to the year 2022. Surely this year will be better than the last. Maybe it'll even be the best year in the history of civilization. We'll we'll have to wait and see. So I would be your host, Jeff Fox. Hi there. How are you? Thanks for dropping in on the MMA Gambling Podcast. Hopefully you are listening to us on the MMA Gambling Podcast direct feed um, because we only ranked eighth overall on SGPN network for downloads last year. And I think we're way better than that. I will not accept anything less than top five this year. So if you're listening to us on the main feed, switch over to the MMA gambling podcast feed and make sure we at least crack the top five or I'm going to get a new associate co-host. That's, that's my threat. Okay. So get out. If you like my associate co-host, then, yeah, tell all your friends to listen to the podcast. Tell all your enemies. Tell whoever whoever um, you know to listen to the podcast. And thank you for listening as of now. Let's uh, introduce that there. Co-host of mine, he would be Gumby. I would be Raw Dog as of now. Um, probably will change within the next few weeks uh, if I come across another nickname that I like. Um, this man is the millennial to my Gen X. Uh, the scratchy to my itchy, it would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland. <laughs> I like being the scratchy to your itchy. And also, that was a really great threat to get people to listen because as we've learned, yes. uh, that is, uh, I am the most beloved host on this show. <laughs> yes, I know. I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I am doing. So um, this year is going to be the greatest year ever. you agree with that? I mean, we got to be on an upward trajectory at some point, right? <laughs> got to be. <laughs> we gotta be. Um, any um, news or notes we should uh, talk about, Dan, before we actually jump into things? It's been kind of quiet. Not a lot has been going on unless you're – sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say uh, they booked a fight all- – well, I don't know if we talked about this last time because now I'm trying to remember how long ago it was that they booked this. But they booked uh, – we were – talking probably two episodes ago about how Marina Rodriguez probably needs one more win. It could be over just pretty much anybody uh, as long as it was, you know, somebody in the top 10 and they booked her with um, Yan Xiaonan. So that's pretty no, much she's not the perfect. Her. Yeah, she is. 
No, yeah, yeah. Marina Hodiguez is. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yes, Marina Hodiguez. <laughs> no, not Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ isn't fighting. It's Marina Hodiguez. Yes. Yes, I know. So do you like that? You like that fight? Yeah, I mean, I like it for Hodiguez, who is probably going to walk into that fight, um, look great on the feet, style on Yan Shaunan, and punch her ticket to that title shot we knew she's probably going to get. Um, which is going to make me look a whole heck of a lot smarter if she is the champ at the end of the year. Um, that actually, yes, because that fight we, being booked is, yep. yeah, that, that fight being booked is probably a, a a great time to go hit those odds, which I think said Marina Hadiga's at like plus eight hundred to be the champ at the end of the year. I, I think that's a good future odds right there. Very, very good. We're only what five minutes in, and I've how many times have I interrupted you so far, Dan? Quite uh-huh. a few. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'll I'll say uh, there's a delay. That, that's a problem. Um, also, I see Chris Cyborg is fighting Kat Zingano next for the Bellator fight uh, title. Did you hear about that? Do you care about that? I I did not hear about that. And hmm, let me let me decide how much I I care about that on the fly. Because <laughs> here's the thing. I, I do really like watching Cyborg fight, and I think at some point in time, Cyborg is, you know, the uh, – C- Cyborg is going to always be entertaining, but at the same time, Kat Zingano, remember, she was – she left the UFC. Now, granted, she left the UFC because they were fighting over things, but she left the UFC having one, one fight out of her last four, um, which includes losses to Ronda, Juliana Pena, Ketlin Vieta, and that weird time that Megan Anderson poked her in the eye with her toe, which apparently is not illegal, uh, which is, was always really wild. Um, but only a win over Marion Renault in there. So, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess she is the most logical opponent for Cyborg over in um, Bellator, but I, I don't know how much that means anymore. Um, so, I'll say I'm a small amount of excited about that just because I get to see Cyborg violence again. Yeah, and it will be it will be cyborg violence. Um, other than that, like I said, pretty quiet unless you're into like Jake Paul, Dana White fights or like Mark Hunt uh, is fighting against the UFC again. Uh, unless you're into like uh, petty squabbles, and it's been uh, it's been a pretty quiet quiet time at least uh, in UFC terms. Yeah, yeah, which means we have nothing really to talk quiet. about. We've we've got stuff though. There's there's we uh we've we've got to finish up our divisional rundown, we which do. is now dragging out through three episodes. It's not dragging, Dan. That's not dragging. It was all <laughs> planned out. But hey, and we're we're less than two weeks away from actual live uh, UFC fights again. So only a few more episodes, and then we'll start picking some UFC winners for you again. Actually, we got an Invicta uh, event you want to touch on before that, right? Invicta's is yeah. it the week before. I actually think it's the week. Of and it's on okay. Thursday. I think it's the so yep. so I think the Saturday UFC maybe Wednesday. The Saturday UFC events the fifteenth, and I know the Invicta is the twelfth. Um, but it's a pretty exciting right. Adam Weight title fight, which yep. is a division the UFC badly needs. Um, it's a rematch of a fight uh, that uh, originally went to the person who is now the champ, Alicia Zavitella, despite the fact most people agreed it should have gone to Jessica Del Boni. So I, it's a uh, it's a 
you know, rematch in the making. Plus, there's a couple other really good fighters on the card that I'm excited to see, uh, including some people on really long layoffs. So we'll be breaking that down probably Sunday before. We'll do the, the Invicta card yep. on Sunday and then the UFC card on yep. Wednesday. Yeah, so that'll be the ninth. Uh, so a week today, next next Sunday, we will break down that fight card, and it is live on uh, free on YouTube, which is uh, a good thing too. So you all can uh, check out how your bets are doing uh, for free, which is always nice. So um, we're gonna recap how Dan's uh, picks were doing in a moment, but first uh, his picks for Ryzen that would be uh, he, he did actually pretty good. Um, but first, ladies and gentlemen. Tick pick. College football championship weekend is behind us. Bowl season, we're right in the mids of bowl season. I guess bowl season is almost over also, but uh, there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for tickets to see your favorite team play in their bowl game this winter because Tick Pick, that's T I C K P I C K, is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you ever need as your go to for all tickets for NCAA football, NFL concerts, NBA, and more. Stan and I are going to take a trip to uh, Louisiana. Uh, through Take Pick, um, and we're gonna hang out with your cousins and watch football. Okay. That 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 sounds. Do you have cousins uh, in Louisiana? No, most of them have it doesn't moved. Track. They now uh, uh, live in uh, Atlanta in Prince Edward Island, Canada. Whoa, Canada! <laughs> uh, okay, we're gonna go watch the U P E I. What's their team name? <laughs> I don't think we ever ever played them, but we're. I don't. I and I doubt Take Pick has tickets for Canada Canadian football, but nonetheless. Uh, what TickPick also doesn't have is those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge. They got rid of those, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their college football tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So visit TickPick today. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash S-G-P. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash S-G-P. Make sure you put a T at the start of that. Because um, I don't know what what the other one would do if you have had a different letter starting of, instead of the T and tick pick, you may get somewhere. You may see pictures of Dan that you weren't hoping to see. So, um, right, Dan? I don't think that that's Wrong. true. Also, the, the the University of Prince Edward Islands just so you know are the Panthers. Okay, okay. I was gonna say Cougars, so I was close. All right, Panthers. Excellent. I don't think I ever played against them, but maybe I didn't play against many teams. So. Uh, to be perfectly frank, um, let me tell you about WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Sadly, not Prince Edward Island. We're bringing the excitement to win Las Vegas online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Plus, WinBet has a brand new bonus. Bet five bucks, win $400. That's Five bucks, you can win four hundred dollars in free bets. Plus, plus, you can win a VIP trip to Shaq's Funhouse in LA if you bet twenty bucks on WinBet's Build Your Own Bet feature and earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse, two nights at Win Las Vegas, and five thousand dollars a five thousand dollars free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook and a five thousand dollars travel credit. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For Booster Pro to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger at WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Why would your cousins move to Prince Edward Island from Louisiana? Or can, can that not be disclosed? 
Uh, I, I mean, I think he can be. Uh, he was working for a company that that positioned him up there. Oh, I Prince Edward Island was one of the places I stayed on my honeymoon. We went out east, and that was one of the places we we went by. They got a really cool bridge that you drive on over the ocean forever, and you can't see anything <laughs> but ocean. Cool, right? That sounds, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't I like that. Idea, I hate the idea of that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't there's like, nothing but it's the, like the miles, and miles. The one time I went to Canada, that bridge in between whatever northern New York town it is and yep. Tor- Toronto, or at least it's the city right next to Toronto before you get to Toronto. That, like, Toronto. I was not about. Um, the, the bridge right at the border or, or far yeah, against the, the one, the one right at the border. The, oh, um, yeah, there's the uh, Rainbow Rainbow Bridge in Niagara Falls or the Peace, the Peace Bridge is in, like, Fort Erie, I think, and – What's on the other side? Whatever. No, Fort Erie is is Fort Erie your side? I think it's your side. I think that has what to be is? my side. It wasn't the yeah. Niagara Falls one because okay. uh, it was closer than that for me, and I was going to the Jays game. Yes. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Exciting <laughs> stuff. Exciting stuff. Um, all right, Ryzen uh, went down New Year's Eve. I couldn't be bothered to watch it, so I didn't watch it. Do you watch it, Dan? No, oh, it was so early. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. I caught some highlights afterwards yeah. uh, just to see. And it sounds like a couple of the fights that I was most interested in, there wasn't really any highlights. And I don't mean that to be, like, mean, but it was just, like, I don't know, kind of a boring fight. Um, yeah. So, like, there were some interesting pieces. But, yeah, I'm in the grand scheme of things, glad I wasn't up at the crack of dawn watching that thing. All right, well, Dan hit on some picks here. Hopefully, um, all of you Degens, hashtag Degens out there, um, tag along on his picks also because he, he did pretty good on most of them. Um, start off with, you've got the, um, what was it, Bantamweight, um, what's that fight called where they're not actually in the tournament? A reserve a, bout? An al- a, yeah, a reserve or an alternate bout, the Yuki Montoya, yeah. Yuta Hakamura fight. Yeah. Yeah, you, you hit that one right. What, what were the oh, we actually had odds. So you got minus two oh two on Matoya. So you hit that one. Um, you hit Ogi Kubu over Inoue. What would do you know what the odds were when that one, when the odds got posted for that one? Yeah, it was plus two sixty five. No way. Yeah, Whoa. plus, plus two sixty five on on Hero. Who, who, by the way, we could have gotten like if we just picked him to win the tournament. I bet you there were crazy odds on that. So uh, yeah, which I didn't pick him to win the tournament. Uh, so I don't know if that counts as spoiler a alert. Or not, but uh, I I did say uh, he had a lot of upside and was a difficult matchup for just about anybody because he is a, a scrappy wrestler. Yeah, spoiler alert, uh, he he wins. He won the tournament. So, uh, And then you, you got the other side of the bracket, right, too. Kai Asakura, that was an easier pick over Kenta Takazawa. Um, that was, yeah, were all these decisions? That was a decision also, boring. Um, what were the odds on that one? You, you that, figured Asakura was going to be very high, right? Yeah, I wound up being like negative 425 or something. Right. Like yeah. A win's a win. Uh, what happened? In the women's fight, you, you whiffed on that one. Uh, Azawa, is she better than advertised or better than yeah, you expected? Yeah, she's, she's a beast. <laughs> she TKO'd Ayaka Hamasaki, uh, who was like, bigger than her, far more experienced than her. Um, yeah, she, what, TKO'd her in the second round? Yeah, mean grounded bound. Like, she got in a full mount and just, like, absolutely rained on violence. She looks incredible. I think she's probably one of the most interesting, underrated prospects out there. I don't know... 
if Ryzen is going to continue to run enough events to keep her busy, um, but like she is she only, really in Ryzen? Sorry, I, interrupt again. Who, is she, who, who knows? Is anybody really in Ryzen? <laughs> I mean, maybe she's, she's the jewels champ right now, right? Yeah, but like, I mean, like, yeah, maybe they're interchangeable, or maybe they lend her out for one. Fu- I have no idea. She's only been a pro for like two years. It's or, or one yeah. year rather, a little bit more than one year. Um which is incredible for her to be knocking off a name like Hamasaki. So, yeah, um, really exciting. Adam Waite, again, I have no idea whether or not Ryzen has people or not. But, uh, yeah, um, just underrated, underestimated just how damn good she was. Can we – we talk about this almost every episode, how the UFC needs the Adam Waite division. Maybe we can get Jake Paul to ask for it in his next list of demands. You think that will get the ball rolling for us? I don't. I think that would probably do much worse. <laughs> exactly. It, they would get rid of all the women's classes or something uh, if that happened. All right, so you whiffed on that one, but I think – do you know what the odds were in that fight? Uh, yeah, Hamasaki was like negative 220 or something like that. So, okay. uh, yeah, yes, like a miss. Yeah, Izawa, I, I think you would have gotten close to 200. So, um, craziness. Yes. And then Roberto D'Souza um, – he kept his title, his lightweight title. He won via submission, second round, um, over Yusuke Iachi. Uh, he be, he's beaten him twice now. Uh, minus 782. So, But like I said, Dan, a win's a win. And then Ogi Kubo, Kubo uh, versus Asakara, which is what you predicted would happen, was the final. And Ogi Kubo pulled off the upset and won via um, decision. So do you know what the odds were on that? I know I keep asking the same question, but. I don't know what the odds were on that because it would have had to been like basically live odds suddenly happening. Um, so I, I think it it probably would have been bigger than Hero beating Inoue, right? Because nobody expected yeah. him to be Inoue, never mind Asakara. So yeah, um, pretty pretty wild stuff and, and good for Ogi Kobu, uh, especially because this isn't even the weight class he really belongs in. Remember, he was on, on flyweight tough. So I mean, like he is a guy yeah. who can make 125. It is a shame the UFC does not have him in there. Yeah, and um, who knows? Who he, you would think he probably would have no interest coming back as long as Ryzen keeps running and he keeps uh, beating people at Bantamweight. There's no reason to come back to the States, I guess. Uh, yeah, although the winner of that Bantamweight tournament, they, they showed like a $10 million or $10 million yen <laughs> check. Um, yep. And I was like, oh, wow, $10 million yen. Uh, I wonder what that is. So I just like punched into Google uh, what that is. That's like eighty five grand, um, which is it's it's not bad for a night of work. Um, but like when I saw that, I was like, wow, ten million, uh, and it's eighty five grand. Um, so yep. I I mean like good good for him, but uh, not as much as I thought it was. Yep. No, ten million uh, sounds a lot better than eighty five grand for sure. So nonetheless, um, pretty good. Um, night of picks for you dan so hopefully people like i said hopefully people tag along with mr vreeland on those i'm hoping all of you are also using PropSwap because we are brought to you by PropSwap, america's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets nfl players are right around the corner and PropSwap has the best odds on super bowl futures see a ticket you like but think the price is too high submit a bid for a price you think is fair and then buy it you can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other betters just like yourself Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double the cash means double the odds. 
Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale, and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds and futures, props, and parlays. Last week, Scott from Virginia purchased a Green Bay Packers Super Bowl ticket to uh, at odds of 6-1 to one when the sportsbooks are on your offering plus 450. If you're not using PropSwap, then you are missing out. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports, bets, and while I'm on a roll, let me tell you about Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit and even help raise money for charity along the way. They're a brand-new company looking to grow their early adopter community. They have a slick app, which is fun to use. One of the reasons we do love using it is they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in some prop bets on Better Fantasy. Plus, they just added a cool bonus. If you can get your entire league to join Better Fantasy, they'll give the league a $150 gift card to get a sick-ass trophy from trophysmack.com. Totally free to play. Download today uh, for your iPhone or Android. Check them out at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. All right. Let's go back to our weight class thingamajiggy breakdown, reset, recap, preview. It's all, all of the above. Um, yeah, like you said, your Marina Hodhigas may plus six fifty was what we had uh had that list of that when when you named it. So looking good if she can get by get through her next fight. Uh could be getting herself a title fight next uh next maybe summer or fall. Yeah, and I think she's a bad matchup for Yao Shanan, and that's coming from somebody who really enjoys uh Yao Shanan. So Say her name. Uh both saying her name and I actually like watching her <laughs> fight quite a bit too. But uh, pretty much it seems like Marina Hadiguez is probably the the second best striker, maybe even the best striker in that division in terms of, like, pure striking. Um, right up there with Jan Jacek and Rose, depending on how you grade them. And, of course, we haven't seen her against, like, another high-level striker. So it, it'd be nice to see her against one of those. Um, but, like, she's going to outstrike pretty much anybody not named Rose or, or Joanna. So it's going to take a good wrestler to beat her. And that's pretty much all that's beaten her in the past. So, um, and some good wrestlers haven't even beaten her. So I think Yao Shanan being just like a not so great wrestler in a less good boxer, this is not a good matchup for her. Yep. Definitely. We've actually, um, I, I've come across some stats since, since we were uh, making our picks last time in 2020, there was no new title, um, no new champions uh, crowned in the UFC. How wild is that? Everybody retained the title in 2020. Really? Yes. And then last year, 2021, which is last year already, seven. We had seven new champs and two interim champs, which is wild. So it's the total other end of the scale. So you would think probably it would most usually land right in the middle, um, four or five. I think I've already have four predicted, and you have five, I think, already. Out of the I have five predicted already? Let's see. You have Rodriguez, that's one. Maybe not. I might have counted wrong. Nunes, that's two for Bantamweight. Yeah. Um, Askar, Askar, Askar. Yep. Three. Yan, who's technically not the champ. That's oh, four yeah. for Bantamweight. Then Volkanovski. Okay, you have four. And I, I have three, three, I guess. But so, Cool. Anyhow, um, so you're right in the sweet spot. I don't know if you have any new champs in the – Higher weight classes, which we're going to jump into now or not. We got what four weight classes left. I think I'm mostly shock coming going forward, but I'm not positive. Let's see here. Did I even write it down on this? Or <laughs> I can wing it, I can wing it Dan. I have a whole bunch of I have 
too many my computer made too many different copies of this file so now I, I got copies all over the place so anyhow no one needs to know all that nonsense they just need to know that right i know what i'm doing here uh walter waits let's go into walter waits kamaro usman's realm um who is next for him we've we haven't heard anything official yet um opponent nor date obviously i kind of feel like it's gonna be vicente luque but almost unlike because it's got to be somebody Um, it's, it's, they're kind of in a weird situation right now because the problem with Vicente Luque is, first of all, it's another rematch, right? Um, it's a fight that, wait, no, is that a rematch? No, that's not a rematch. Sorry. They were on, weren't they on the same season, the ultimate fighter? They're on top, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I believe they're on top together. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe they were on top together, but now that I'm remembering it, um, I actually think Vicente Luque may have fought in a different division. I can't remember now. Um, anyway, uh, yes. They uh, haven't officially fought, at least. Oh, no. Kamar Usman fought Hader Hassan in the finals instead of Vicente Luque. Um, so my mistake. They were on the same show. They did not actually fight. Uh, it feels like they already fought, right? Um, I, I don't know. Like, Vicente Luque well already a- fought. Yeah, he's on a four-fight winning streak with his best win being Michael Chiesa. Um, I mean, like, that should be enough to get him a title shot, uh, unless Leon Edwards is. Leon Edwards doesn't seem to want to fight anybody at any time. Uh, I mean, there's always the chance that Bilal Muhammad sneaks his way in there somewhere. I think somebody's got to win a fight, right? Because Usman has already kind of hinted at the idea that he might retire or call it a, a career. I think if, if Robert Whitaker beats uh, Israel Adesanya, I think you could see Usman fight for the middleweight belt. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I think you're not going to see Usman look for a fight all that soon, and I think he's going to wait for somebody to make themselves uh, a contender in front of him. Yeah, it's funny that we're uh, – Leon Edwards is being – they don't have anyone lined up uh, to challenge, and yet Leon Edwards is still an afterthought. Well, it's because it's just an activity standpoint, you know, like yeah. the, the dudes fought once in the last two years, right? Like the, the, in the only fight we have of him since, well, I mean, I guess twice, if you count him poking Bilal Muhammad in the eye, right? So we're looking at two and in the last two and a half years, he got a no contest for poking Bilal Muhammad in the eye and he fought Nate Diaz. Um, in, in, I mean, like, he dominated Nate Diaz, but everybody's going to remember that last moment. How do you sell that fight? Yeah. You, you just, no, you just sure. can't. Yeah. He's really, yeah, he's really harmed his uh, – some of it not not uh, his fault, but, yeah, he's, he seems to be – no one wants to see him fight, and <laughs> the UFC doesn't want to give him big fights. It's just – I guess they have the Diaz fight, which is a big fight, but, yeah, he seems to um, – his stock really seems to be damaged. Yeah, and I, I don't know what he can do to fix that other than take a fight with with one of the people who, you know, has been calling for it. And, you know, it's not going to be Colby Covington. Colby Covington is not going to fight you. Um, it's going to be Bilal Muhammad or Kamzat Shemaev or Sean Brady. He's going to have to fight one of those guys to get his title shot. If not, they're going to fight each other and take it from him. Yep, very true. And they may take it from uh, regardless, so... All right, who uh, you're booking? Who do you want to see Kamara Usman fight next? Within like the next, say first quarter of 2022. I don't know. Who, maybe you want to see him back. Uh, 
I think Vicente Luque probably. Yeah, like I, I mentioned that I think that that will probably be next. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, you can book like Kamzat versus Bilal Muhammad or something like that. And, you know, you know, throw Sean Brady into the mix, make Sean Brady Leon Edwards. Uh, of course, Leon Edwards isn't going to accept that. Um, but I'd love to see fights like that come about. Even Neil, <laughs> nope. even Neil Magny, Sean Brady would be good. Even Neil Magny, yes. Um, all right, who uh, big gains? Who we who we buying stock in? Uh, so the first Kamsat, person I that obviously right. Yeah, the, obviously Kamzat. I, I, I am I sold on him as a champ yet? No, and, and maybe it's maybe you don't buy stock in him. I didn't say champ. Just, I said big gains. Yeah, uh, and I think he'll make. Oh, he, yeah, he, he he may get pushed up too quick though. Is is, is that what you're you're implying possibly? Well, and that, and, like, if we're talking about buying stock as a metaphor here, right, like, his stock is already through the roof, right? People are already That's true. all in on Kamzat. I'm, I think I'm actually less in on Kamzat than most people. So, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm buying stock in him. Uh, I will say, you know, he's probably going to rise up the rankings quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, he's one. I, I think the one of the obvious answers here is that Ian Gary, the, the Irish kid, he looked yep. really good in his debut. Um, sure, he's got some some holes and stuff, but I think we're going to see some pretty big gains out of him. And then the other two that I'm really interested in um, have fights coming up soon. Um, one on the first fight card of the year, one on the third fight card of the year. The first one in February. Um, so the first one is Ramiz Rahimai. Um, yep. He lost his UFC debut to Max Griffin, which certainly not a lot of shame in that as a debuting opponent. Uh, he rebounded and looked so good against Sasha Palatnikov. He's got great grappling. Uh, he's a Fortis MMA guy. There's, I, I've got a lot of positive things to say about Ramiz Brahimai. Um, so I, I've got my eye on him. He's supposed to fight Court McGee in the new year. Uh, so that's kind of a, a good step up for him. Uh, and then the other one who I'm really excited about is Shavkat Rachmanov. Um, yep. He's a – yeah, he's a he, – he's really fun to watch. Uh from a uh, striking standpoint, from a grappling standpoint, like he, he's just like, he's awesome. Um, and he's got a really hard fight coming up too, which is the other weird thing. He's fighting Carlston Harris, who I think a lot of people um, slept on before his debut when he badly knocked out Impa Kasanga. Oh no, that was actually his second fight. He beat Christian Aguilera in his first fight and beat Impa Kasangane in the second fight. So that fight might be a fight for who is the uh, hottest prospect um, yep. And then one last name I'll give you, because I do have a lot of Bantamweights, uh, or uh, welterweights rather, that I'm into uh, that aren't just named Sean Brady. Um, but the other one is Blood Diamond. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people know about Blood Diamond, uh, which is the name he chooses to go by more often than his actual name, which is Mike Mathiatha. Uh He just got signed to the UFC. He is a long, rangy striker who trains with all of those cool cats uh, in New Zealand at City Kickboxing. Uh, he absolutely is a mean striker. Um, he's got like a billion kickboxing fights under his belt. So uh, he, while only 3-0 in uh, MMA, is a guy you could see uh, fly up those rankings in MMA. Is he a beast is the question, though. He is, he is certifiably a beast. How about a savage? Um, yeah, I, I would call him a savage. I'd even go as far as call him a savage. Finally, a killer. Oh, he's definitely a killer. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Three for he's three. He's certainly a beast, mostly a killer, and in, in most certainly a savage. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, 
few more names we can throw in the hat. There's not a um, – as we get higher and higher weight classes, you'll notice there's less and less younger um, younger prospects. Uh, it's it's an old man's game, uh, the higher the weight classes go. But Ian Gary is the youngest welterweight in the in the UFC, at least the youngest welterweight who has fought um, – at least had a fight in the UFC. He's 24, and his nickname is The Future. So there you go. He's 8-0 as a pro, 1-0. In the UFC, as uh, Dan mentioned, he's high on him. He mentioned Rav, uh, Rachmanov, who's 27. What do we think of Jake Matthews? He's had 15 fights in the UFC. He's only 27. He's 10 and 5. I was looking uh, at that, too. I can't believe – here's two people I can't believe are only a year older than Ian Gary. So you mentioned Jake Matthews. Do you know who else is only a year older than him? Chaos Williams. Who? Yeah, I'm, that's right. He is. I thought uh, Chaos awesome. Williams was like 35 or something like that. Looks no, like that, he is. Yeah, that dude, because when he fought uh, uh, Michelle Pereira, Pereira is a little bit older, right? Or at least I think he is. Um, Yeah, he is. He's in the 30s, I think, yeah. um, But, like, I thought, you know, it was, like, two older guys. He's only 28, too? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yes, 28. Get out of here! Well, then he's exciting, too, because, damn, he, he even beat Chaos Williams. He's 28 years old? Yeah, there's not a whole lot. There's Why not a like he's I, 35. <laughs> yeah, there's actually there actually is quite a few. Now that I look at the list, I'm telling what I said to you before was just a myth. There actually is quite a few um, fighters in the 20s and well that that are uh, to be looked out for. Gary's actually 24 though, right? so he's three years younger than all these oh, people. Okay. So he, he's he's far younger, which is impressive. Yeah. Um, so there's Matthews who's fought 15 times already. Um, Chimayev's uh, only 27. Um, Chaos Williams, 27. He's 4-1. and one. Uh, Chimayev's 4-0 and oh in the UFC. Um, Chaos is 4-1, and one, like I said. Um, Michelle Pereira is only 28. He's 4-2 and two in the UFC. Do you think he's going to be anything more than just uh, a an action fighter? He's fighting Muslim Salakov next, so that's probably bad news for him there. But he's he's never going to be elite, is he? I don't know. He seemed to calm down quite a bit against Nico yep. Frights. Um, Sadly, yes. It was a little bit of a bummer, but also that's what he needs to do in order to win. And he did against Chaos Williams, too. You know, I mentioned the fight with Chaos Williams. He, like, wrestled a bit and came in a little bit safer uh, than I expected him to. So, yeah, like, maybe he is already in the process of doing that right now. Sadly, uh, for the fans, yes, that that could be the case. So, Um, yeah, there is, like I said, there's lots of – this is turning into a, uh, naming off a bunch of young fighters, but hey, we're excited about these these up and comers. So, um, what about Gabriel Green? Two and 28. I really liked his. Was it you like Phil, him? It was it Phil Rowe he fought or Phil Hawes he fought? I think it had to have been Phil Rowe, um, and he looked really good against them. Uh, actually, uh, he was on the Top Turtle MMA podcast. Um, Gabriel Green was. There we nice go. Dude. It took a while to get that in this time. Yeah, and we talked about the top of the welterweight rankings, who, by the way, I've interviewed just about, like, everybody at the top of those rankings. So yeah, that's, that's um, why a bunch of guys are losing. Yeah, that's why Leon Edwards can't get a title shot. <laughs> exactly. Sean Brady, <laughs> Sean Brady, 5-0, and 15-0 overall, 29 years old. Do you, who's stock, uh, or not stock, Who uh, who's going to be UFC champion first, Brady or Chimaev? I think Chimaev's going to get the shot earlier. Right. Um, I think you then you have to ask yourself a question whether or not either of them are going to win the title. And I actually think, like, the longer your time frame is out, the more likely you are to be champ. Uh, because I don't really yep. 
believe in maybe this is spoiling my pick. I don't really believe anybody can beat Usman right now. Um, yeah. Outside no. of like an Amanda Nunez looking performance, um, I think he's the champ uh, for the foreseeable future. So I think if if they rush Kamzad up, he might get flattened by Usman and uh, Brady might just sneak in there behind and beat whoever uh, is there when Usman retires. Who who uh, wins in a fight, Brady or Chimaev? You know what? Everybody asks questions about like who could Kamzat be and who couldn't he be, yeah. and the real answer is I don't know the answer to any of that <laughs> it's true. because we don't. Because, yeah, like so he has. If you ask the question like, okay, can he take anybody down? The answer is well, he took down Li Jing Liang, and that's been his toughest out. He took him down once, and he took him down impressively that once. But we don't know what happens if he would have failed on the first try, or you know, if, is he would he ever fail, or what would happen if or if, if Li Jingliang was, you know, better? Because, and I'm not taking anything away from Li Jingliang. That's a great level of opponent for somebody Kamzat's age and experience level to beat. But at the same time, like we're talking about him fighting, you know, Colby Covington or or Gilbert Burns or you know all these top guys, there is a wide gap between Lee Jingliang and them, especially in the wrestling and grappling department. So, you know, when we're evaluating his grappling, it's tough to say because that's the best. When we're evaluating his striking, what have we? Who have we seen him strike with? We saw him strike with Gerald Mearshart for nine seconds, who is notably an awful striker. So. You know, like it's difficult to say in these situations exactly where he sits. Um, but I think we, yeah, I, I don't know who I would pick in that fight. Right, uh, right now, without getting to see any more of either person, I'd probably pick Brady because I've just seen him tested against better fighters. Um, yeah. But, but again, I, I have no idea. Yeah, like like we said, he's it's almost the Conor McGregor thing with Chimaev, where you. You uh, don't really know he's legit until he actually is his champ and he's proven that he's legit. Because uh, McGregor, you weren't sure about the hype, but then he just kept kept uh, progressing and kept beating people, and voila, he ended up being the real deal. When did you? Uh, this is a fun sidebar. When did you believe in Conor McGregor? Uh, let me check. I, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna go through his Wikipedia here and check when I actually. Obviously, I heard about him immediately. Um, yeah, yeah, I was at his. I was at his second UFC fight. I in think it was Boston, right? Yeah, yeah. When he fought, when he fought um, Max Holloway, I was there at that fight, and I also saw him fight Dennis Seaver. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah. I let me see. Yeah, Holloway was the second fight, right? Seaver's. Um, okay, not see not yet by Seaver. I guess Mendez fight. I guess. Yeah, that's. I was gonna say that's when I bought that yeah. he was real um yeah. because he he dealt with a wrestler right it because it, before yep. like we we didn't know Poye could do what he could do so and it was a different Dustin Poye had gotten by but like you weren't worried about Diego Brandau wrestling him he actually out wrestled Max Holloway and like you know what he spent 67 seconds in the ring with Marcus Brimage so everybody was like well what happens when he faces a wrestler and we saw it. he could get taken down a little bit and it wouldn't matter um yeah I, I bought into him at that point yep that was yeah. That was the time where he showed what the deal um, that he was real, real deal. All right, um, are we both going with chalk for the uh, the, the champion Usman? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I think that's the only thing you can do. I mean, like, you're welcome to try something else, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going chalk here. 
Uh, let's see what the odds say. Usman is favored. <laughs> what a surprise. What, what kind of number do you think going to be the Liam? Negative 200. 250, so you're right in there, yeah. This is turning into Quiz Dan. I like it. It's just not about <laughs> me throwing things at you and you uh, trying to uh, hit them out of the park. So, yes. Who is second at plus 500? I bet you it's Kamzat. You're you betting me right. Yeah. Um, and then we got Leon Edwards and Vincente Luque plus 700. Gilbert Burns plus 900. Bilal Muhammad plus 1,000. Colby Covington plus 1,400. Anything jump out of that or that all sounds right to you? I would say an interesting stab at this one, and this is a, a very weird pick on my part. It, it, an interesting stab here is Colby Covington, uh, not because I think he's going to fight Usman again and not because I think he would beat Usman again if he did. But I mentioned Usman might not have less much left on the tank. Um, yep. He's talked about retiring already. And if he does, I think Colby Covington is the second best fighter in the division. Um, yeah. so at, at 14 to one, you're basically betting, uh, that you believe at 14 to one odds that Kamar Usman will retire. Who has the most wins, uh, who's currently listed as a, a welterweight? Who has the most Endeavor wins, Dan? Oh, since at welterweight? N- not necessarily at welterweight, but they, they're currently oh, listed as a welterweight. As um, a welterweight. And they have the most wins in Endeavor. Uh, oh, got to be Cowboy Cerrone. Yes, Cowboy yeah. Cerrone. Then two people are tied at 18. He has 29. Two people are tied at 18. And then we'll stop quizzing you on this one. Um, Let's see. Who's been there a really long time and also maybe fought in, like, WEC or – Oh, Nate Diaz fought in WEC yep. a couple Diaz. of times. And then – Someone you mentioned earlier. I can't think of anybody else who fought in Strike Force that I'd mentioned before. Or W. Oh, uh, I mentioned Neil Magny. Is Neil yes, Magny? Yes, wow. Yeah. You're yeah, so smart. Neil, but Neil Magny has been fighting for a while. Yep. That dude was on the, bring it, bring it back, the Ultimate Fighter yeah. uh, with Brock Brock Lesnar in it. Maybe yeah, Brock Lesnar. Right. Yeah, sure. That yeah. sounds like it, it's a thing. I think he was sure. on Team Brock Lesnar. <laughs> there you go. The next name is a surprise, though. Francisco Tronaldo. He's got 17 wins. Yeah, he's been fighting a little bit. <laughs> yes, he's been around forever. All right, let's move up to – so we're not picking a new champ there. Uh, sorry. Uh, let's move up to middleweight. Um, current champ, Israel Adesanya. Adesanya. Uh, he's fighting his rival, Robert Whitaker at UFC 271 on February 12th. This will be a rematch. Israel Adesanya uh, beat him in the original fight. Um, what do you think is going to happen in the rematch? I think Izzy's going to beat him. I just think yep. Izzy's a better fighter, ultimately. Yep. I think he's got better striking weapons, and I don't really find that the grappling is going to be a thing. Do you think he knocks him out again? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but I also wouldn't be surprised if uh, we just saw him go in there a little bit safer and win a smart decision. Because um, you'll see that as fighters get rematches and get a little bit older and all that kind of stuff, uh, especially with, with familiar opponents, they just tend to fight a little safer. Um, we saw it with uh, we saw it with Rose Namajunas in pretty much every rematch she's ever had. She's safer the second time. Um, and I, yep. I think you're probably going to see the same out of Izzy, too. Yep, I am predicting a Izzy win as well, unless uh, something changes in the next month. That's what my pick will be when we break down 
that next month. So Whitaker stuck in that like Colby Covington slot as the at least he was a champ for for a good speller. Uh, the best fighter in the division. Uh, I think he's head and shoulders the best fighter in the division, not uh, outside of Adesanya. Yeah, I would be interested. In, I, I'm saying this um, as, as a guy who I think is going to get another title shot this year um, in this division if Izzy defends twice. Is Derek Brunson really interests me in all of the gains he's made? Yep. Because um, he's a – I mean, like, people will say, like, oh, Derek Brunson has already fought Izzy. He looked like hell. And he makes the jokes about being blonde Brunson now. Um, yep. Which, which is a hilarious gimmick. Like, well done on his part. I'm interested to see in what he would do um, against some of these people now that he's, you know, kind of turned his career around. He's he's not the same guy he was before that lost to, you know, Jacare and Izzy and kind of lost to Anderson Silva and lost to Robert Whitaker. And like he's, you know, a different guy than that now. And I'd be interested to see what he does with a second chance at, at some of those dudes because he is on a, a five fight winning streak since he lost to Izzy. Yep. 37 years old, uh, um, which is, that's the surprising thing. You don't usually see old dogs change the game, but he, he definitely has. Um, and he is up next against um, Jared Cannonier. So I, I, I was going to say number one contender fight, but Cannonier is probably not going to get the, well, maybe he would get a title uh, shot out, uh, on a two-fight winning streak, but more than likely not. If Brunson wins, like he's obviously next in line. Uh, I don't know. I So... I, let me just touch real quickly on something you said there about his reinvention too, because I do think he has, remember he moved to Sanford MMA right, right. after yep. losing to Israel Adesanya. So I think that's a lot of it. Um, and then I would also say, yeah, he he's probably next if he wins this, but I will say Sean Strickland is kind of knocking on the door. He's got a fight yep. with Jack Hermanson coming up, which, you know, if he looks impressive, he runs his mouth in like a very weird way and could certainly talk uh, somebody into using him as the, the next title challenger. But yeah, I, I kind of lean Brunson um, for the next one because nobody really wants to see the Marvin Vittori rematch at this point in time. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going with, I'm going with uh, Brunson probably gets the next shot. Yeah. And they've, they've timed this all up very good too. Brunson and Cannonier are fighting on the same card on uh, the undercard of, Adesanya and Whitaker, so that lines up good. Plus, they have um, they have safety a safety net in case somebody falls out of the title fight on that night. They they have uh, you would think Derek Brunson would be, would be the guy to get the tap on the shoulder if that would happen. Um, yeah. And then Strickland Strickland her Hermanson are fighting a couple weeks earlier. They're fighting on February the fifth, so that all tracks too. So it could be. Um, could be Strickland Brunson are they're not fighting each other but but they're they're both fighting um for for the next title shot depending on who has the best performance have we decided if Strick is he a sociopath a psychopath I don't really know the difference between the two do you know Dan what what is this man Can you I, talk about murder, killing people again I I've sort of uh I've sort of changed my tune on my original rundown of him I actually think he's just playing oh, um yeah, and, and that doesn't mean you don't have to dislike him or, or things like that, because I, I've said that for years about Colby Covington. I, I've said, you know, I can't stand the guy, and people say, oh, you know, it's just a show. Well, yeah, but, you know, my, my point is is you don't get to have the heat associated with playing the bad guy role and get the popularity from it and then not also experience people disliking you. So you get you get you you don't get to play one side and not the other. You You get to be disliked. If you want the heat, you get the heat. I think what Sean Strickland is doing here is he he realized if he just says something like bizarre and out there like that, 
he gets a lot of play because like I don't know if you saw him in the grappling match he recently had on uh, Shale Sonnen's submission underground. He, he grappled with a, like a very high level black belt um, and like weirdly was like clowning and doing some really weird stuff. And when he turned his back, the dude jumped on his back and submitted him with a rear naked choke. And he was like cool with it. And so like if he was one of these people talking about, you know, if he was actually a psychopath or like a had a screw loose or whatever you want to call it. He would have wigged out on that dude and started throwing punches if that's how the dude tapped him out. So, yeah, I kind of think it's a little bit of a show at this point. Let's hope. Uh, at the very least, let's hope. So, um, I don't really see anyone other than than Brunson or um, Strickland getting and sneaking in and getting the next title shot, unless Whitaker wins and they do an immediate rematch. I don't really – no one else really jumps off the screen at me as as legit uh, next-in-line type of guy. A big win for Muniz would do it for me. Yep. Um, after mm-hmm. after tapping two dudes in a row with the same exact move, looking like an absolute killer on the mats, and it's something the division doesn't really have, right? We've talked about Derek Brunson being the best grappler in the division for some time now him or Marvin Vittori, which would be a slap in the face to welterweight, right? We just talked about Kamzat, Brady, Gilbert Burns, Usman, Covington, right? Like, they have a murderous row of grapplers down there, and, like, Brunson or Vittori might be the best up here. Muniz might be the guy who's just, like, a bad style matchup for Jack Hermanson or Sean Strickland or Darren Till, and he really only needs one shot against one of those guys to really punch his name towards the top of the division. Who do we want to see him fight next? He doesn't have anything booked at this point. Uh, I, I mean, I'd like to see – so he's not going to fight somebody like Sean Strickland because uh, Strickland is on an upward trajectory. But I, I would like to see him fight somebody like way up in the division. I think more realistically you're going to see him fight like a Calvin Gastelum or Uriah Hall, um, which yeah. is – there, there are a few spots ahead of him in the official rankings. But, like, they're also good style matchups for him because it's not like Gastelum – is going to stuff all of his takedowns or deal with his jujitsu well, and it's not like Uriah Hall would do that either. I mean, like, if he tried to book a fight with Uriah Hall, I would say Uriah Hall's management is an asshole for allowing him to take that. But, um, like, I think that that's, like, a nice next step for Muniz. Um, is he the your big game pick, um, or do you have a younger guy or, or someone else in mind? So I, I think he is a big game pick um, I, who I have my eye on. Uh, there's some younger guys, too. I, I'm really into Gregory Rodriguez or Rodriguez. Um, <laughs> Robo. Just call him Robocop. Hobo I think it's, I, th- I was just going to say I think it's Hobocop. <laughs> <laughs> That's a totally different thing. Um, so, yeah, Hobocop. Uh, is, is that, that might be the nickname we switch into. I was just saying, Hobo Cop. <laughs> I was just thinking, there's our there's a there's our episode title too. Yeah, Hobo Cop. Yeah, so like he really impressed me in that um he, he fought uh Jung Young Park um which was yep. you know he looked amazing in that fight um I'm really into him. I, he had, another person I'm really into who is young. He was supposed to fight again this year, but uh, he, he pulled out due to COVID or visa problems or whatever. His Driscus Duplices, um, he's from South Africa, which has made it really hard for him to travel here, but he's only 27. Super damn good. Um, Nisori Dimimavov, 
continues to be like a name that I'm going to continue to try to push all the time. Yep. He's beaten and knocked out Ian Heinish and Edmund Shabazian, and he's only 25, and somehow we're not really talking about him. Um, yeah, so those, those three are kind of my big ones. I'll also just throw in there Chris Curtis could be a huge game this year. Oh, yes. The dude is oh, knocking yes. people out and, like, yep. putting it all together and against guys who should clearly be beating him. So, um, yeah, like, I, I would not be surprised to see him get a high-profile fight next and, and storm up the rankings. Yeah, now this is a weight class that doesn't have a heck of a lot of 20 uh, or under 30 guys in it. Um, Edmund Shabazian still the youngest guy in the division, along with Nick Maximov, both at 24. But Shabazian's definitely – stock's definitely taking a hit. So um, others worth noting, Brendan Allen, who he just lost to Chris Curtis, but he is only 26, and he's 5-2 and two in the UFC. So future's still bright. Uh, Imovov, 26-3-1. Um, yeah, it's really – Drakens de Plesis, as Dan mentioned, 27. He's 2-0. and oh. Um, not a heck of a lot of um, young up-and-comers. Guess who's still under 30? Darren Till, 29. 6 on in the UFC. What about, what about yeah. Calvin Gaslin? Is he still under? Um, Kevin Holland is. He's 29, 8-5-0, but these guys aren't prospects at this point. Uh, Trevin Giles is 5-3. Gregory Rodriguez, as he's you got mentioned. A terrible, he's got a terrible fight coming up, if I remember correctly. Who, Giles? Yeah, is Michael it, Morales. He's oh yeah, this too. He's so he's yeah. not a he's a welterweight now. Calvin yep. Gaslin is thirty now. So yeah, this is a old man's division. Um, like I said, the the higher you get in weight, the older um the prospects are. So, um, who's gonna be champ at the end of the year? I'm going Mr. with Izzy. Izzy too. Yeah, it, yep. it, it seems like the safe play, but it also seems like the logical play. He'd probably only fight twice. Um. Maybe three times, but I'm going to say he probably only fights twice. He beats Robert Whitaker and then Juan Brunson. Um, and, yeah, we call it a year and give him the give him the title. Oh, I forgot. There is a person who could actually sneak in ahead of these people. Uh, Hamzat Chimaev fights at middleweight sometimes. You could see that happening possibly. I could. I think he seems committed to welterweight, and they seem to be doing the smart thing right now where they're like, let's just focus on having him fight in this weight class. Um, if for nothing else but for the marketing purpose of having a number next to his name, because I think right. if he ricocheted back and forth, it, you were seeing like he was not showing up in the rankings. Um, I wasn't voting for him. He he was 1-0 and at welterweight, and people had started voting for him at welterweight, and he was 3-0 and in the UFC, and I was like, Man, if he had just fought all of those three at welterweight, it's not like moving up in weight class to fight John Phillips really did him a bunch of favors. You know what I mean? So I think they're focused on having him fight it at welterweight. If and when he does win the title at welterweight, I could see them immediately giving him the next title shot at middleweight. Um, but I don't think he's going to bounce back and forth as a contender in both. Yeah, I agreed. Um, we're getting minus 155 for Adesanya, which is all right, actually. I, I don't mind that. I'll, I will take that. Whitaker's next at plus 425. Marvin Vittoria plus 700. Jared Cannonier plus 750. Derek Brunson plus 1,000. Sean Strickland plus 1,800. Maybe jump on that Brunson one and throw, uh, sprinkle some money on it. I think I maybe of all of those ones might have been the most interested in Strickland just because it's so big. Yep. Yep. It is plus 1,800 is is uh, some some good money. But we will take the safe pick. We'll, we are recommending Izzy Adesanya at minus 155. We are also recommending So Bet, 
so since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new pl- product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through the fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to soulbet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with Sobet. Go to sobet.io slash SGPN. That's S-O-B-E-T slash S-G-P-N today to join the revolution. And if you haven't already, download our app, please and thanks. The S-G-P-N app is now live in the App Store and Google Play. The app gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts, uh, notifications when a podcast drop, all that good stuff. So download the app, throw throw us up a amazing app review because we deserve it, and we'll move on. All right, two weight classes left, and then we will call it a day. Uh, light heavyweights, Glover Teixeira is the champ, Dan. Can you believe that? I can't. No. It's wild, it eh? wild to me. <laughs> yep. It is wild. All right. Uh, he has no fight lined up yet, but he's the one I think I heard talking about uh, getting in training camp for Yuri Prochaska. 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 Yuri. So I think that's probably who's next. Um, yeah. yeah I, I think undoubtedly Yuri Prochaska is because the other thing. That's how you about, say it. Yeah. Prochaska. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, like, as soon as he won, he was talking about Yuri Prohoshka. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's got to be him. It, it's got to be him. All right, um, what are you thinking after – well, who wins that fight? I think I think we actually – we talked about this um, on when, when we were picking fights we wanted to see this year. I think we both picked Yuri, right? Yeah, I'm picking Yuri. Yep. All right, who's next in line if Yuri wins? Uh, I actually think if Yuri wins, the most likely opponent is going to be the winner of Jan Blankovic and Alexander yep. Rejic, um, which is yep. going down uh, in March, I believe. Actually, it's a five-round fight, if I'm not mistaken, in March, too, on that same yeah, fight card that has uh, Askar Askarov and Kaikara France on it, which I think would be a better five-round fight. <laughs> yep, very, very true. But, yes, uh I agree. That's probably is who has next. Um, all right. What, uh, um, who, who are we buying stock in or who's going to make the biggest gains this coming year? Yeah, it's really hard to like look at this division and be like, mm, I love, you know, X, Y, or Z. Cause it seems like there's a reason to dislike just about everybody on here. I will say a person whose horn I consistently to on, on this show uh, is, too. is, is Dustin Jacoby. I can't believe this dude doesn't get more love. I don't even understand how he's not in the rankings at this point in time because, like, his run of, of fights right now are is insane. He's he's undefeated in the UFC since coming back. Um, You know, he won on the contender series to get in. He's 4-0-1 with one draw uh, since coming back, and that's with Iad Kudalaba. Knocked out Darren Stewart, beat the hell out of John Alon, beat Justin Ledette, Maxim Grishin. Like, he has had a really nice run. I think he's super underrated. He's got a fight coming up, I want to say, in the beginning of March. Uh, he's, he's fighting. Yep. Yeah, it's another guy who he like. Is, is it Michael Olszewiak? 
Yes, it is. Yeah, who, who's like a guy who doesn't belong fighting with him? Again, like I would rather see Dustin Jacoby fight like a Jamal Hill or somebody like that, but he, he just keeps getting kind of passed over for those fights. So, yeah, I'm excited for him. I, I'll say Dao Jung, too, seems to interest me. While I, I wrote him off a hundred times uh, because of that split decision draw to Sam Alvey. Um, he has now beat William Knight, Mike Rodriguez, and Kennedy Zichuku. So, like, I, maybe I need to lighten up on him a little bit. Um, and then the last one I'll mention, too, who I think is just, like, crazy underrated uh, and we have yet to see fight in the UFC, uh, but 29-year-old Jelton Jr., uh, who we did see yep. on the Contender Series, I think is just – I mean, first of all, uh, being 29 years old or 30 years old in the the light heavyweight division makes you a relative youngster. But also, man, does this guy – is he fun to watch grapple? So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Jelton Jr. Yes, he is a fun one. Um, let's see under 30. See if there's anyone really worth mentioning. Olaszewski Olaszewski is 4-2, four, four and two, uh, whatever. He's only 26. Jimmy Crute would have been one, but he's coming off a loss. He's only 4-3 and three now in the in the UFC. He's 26. Um, really, there's not – Yuri Prohoshka is under 30? Yes, Yuri Prohoshka is under 30. He's true. He's 29. Uh, Marvin Matori is 28. He's 8-3-1. and one. He's still um, got a lot of tread left on his tires, you would hope. Um, Magomed Ankalaev is 7-1. and one. Uh, He's fighting Tiago Santos, which is a huge fight for him. That is coming up on uh, March 12th, so that, that will settle whether or not he is uh, he, he could very well find himself next in line or next next after next in line number two uh prospect johnny walker is only 29 he's four and three but who knows if he's we still don't know if he's good yet do we no and now we know he's weird in a bad yeah. way <laughs> well what did he do did i miss something no, that I mean, his last fight was terrible. It was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, unwatchable. Okay. Yes. Uh, I mean, you also did miss stuff if you don't follow him on Twitter. I would just say <laughs> he likes to <laughs> he likes to pose with very tight pants on. <laughs> oh, that's all nice. I'll say. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to. He like you can poses, count on Dan. He poses with a very tight pair of pants on with like a caption that's like. I can't believe it's this beautiful in Brazil, and you're like, yeah, all right, that's definitely what you're trying to show us a picture of. Johnny. Dan's been, Dan's been hog-watching again. All right. Um, anybody else worth mentioning? Let me see. Nikita Krylov, eh, he's 8-6, and six, but he's only 29. Uh, Rakic is only 29. He's 6-1. and one. But, yeah, this is um, another old man's division. Um, all right, end of the year. Our champ is going to be Yuri, if you ask me. I think I'm going to take Rakic. Ah, um, you think he's going to beat Yuri, do you? I kind of do. Um, you know, like looking back at, at what he's done so far, he, he's kind of interesting to me because, first of all, he has stood and traded with guys who are dangerous strikers. So that, you know, kind of assuages some of my concerns in fighting Yuri. Um, he's got knockout power on his feet, but he's also got some really underrated wrestling that I think people forget about. Um so I think he's just like a little bit more well-rounded. I could sort of see him tiring Yuri out. Uh I bounced back and forth. Like, my two picks are clearly Yuri or Rajic. I actually think when we did the, the predictions on Top Turtle, I actually think I went with Yuri. So I'm flip-flopping on this one and taking Rajic this time. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, like, I think either of those two are better picks than Glover. Yep. All right, so I'm getting uh, 
we're both picking new champions, uh, but two different champions. Very, very interesting. Who do you think is the odds-on favorite to be champion? Uh, I'm gonna say Yuri. Yes. What do you think we're gonna? What do you think I'm getting for Yuri? Probably two plus two hundred. Plus two forty. You're right in there. Who do you think is next? I actually am going to say Rachic. You're right again. Yeah. Plus um, plus three hundred. Then finally the champ. Uh, Glover is plus three twenty five. Uh, Jan plus five fifty, and then uh, Megamed is plus six hundred. So. Interesting division, very much up in the air. You got plus money coming back in on all of those people. Well, there's no, um, and the champ is only the third uh, third person on that list, so that's not something you see every day. Um, all right, finally, heavyweights. We can plow through light heavyweights because there's really it's kind of a eh division, as uh, you can probably tell from our breakdown there. All right, heavyweights. Who's our champ? Our champ is, we have two champs technically, but our real champ is Francis Ngannou, who will be fighting the pretend champ, Cyril Gain, um, in a couple, well, three weeks or so. Um, when is that? It's UFC 270 on the 22nd of January. What do you see happening in that fight? Who's coming out the champ in that one? I'm going to pick Ngannou. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I like I if you go before the Stipe rematch, um, and you asked me who would win between these two, I think I would pick Gain. Um, but like I, I think Francis showed he can be technical and safe and do what he's supposed to do well enough. And while Gain put away um, Derek Lewis, he did so mostly by, like, sniping and tiring Lewis out. And I, I don't really see him doing that against Nganu. He's not going to wrestle Nganu. He's going to box with him. And, man, I just have the hardest time imagining somebody is going to box Francis Nganu for 25 minutes in a UFC cage and win that fight. Um, it just seems like the wildest concept. So, yeah, I'm going to take Francis. Here's the difficult part. Who is next in line after that? I think probably I think probably Derek Lewis. Yeah. How about we have Lewis and Stipe fight and the winner gets next? Yeah, those two, I mean, I think we got to get uh John Jones back and involved in some way shape or form. You know, like I could see Curtis Blades versus Stipe being a fun fight uh and just letting Derek Lewis have the next one. Um, I can see them using Derek Lewis to see if somebody else was good enough, you know, like a Tom Aspinall or a Tai Tuivasa. Um, there's a lot of options, I would say, that that it's all kind of up in the air and in, in like how this this title fight goes could really change things because you could see yeah. Francis uh, win and then kind of hold out and almost not have a fight again. Or you could see Gain win and then pretty much could fight whenever because – Francis seemingly would be a free agent or close to it. So, like, I think that fight changes things a lot. And plus, whether or not John Jones actually shows up changes things a lot. Whether or not Stipe is kind of retired or not changes things a lot. There, there's so many weird factors here that I think uh, could could definitely change the heavyweight landscape in a way that we can't really predict. Right. Well, we will in a few weeks once the title fight goes down. Um, because if game wins, are they really going to have run back Gaynor Lewis when we just had that last year? No, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, 
And if Francis uh, wins or loses, this is his last fight on his contract, which they never let people go into, especially champions. They, they don't let champions go into their fight uh, without signing another contract. So this is interesting that things are getting ugly um, or have gotten ugly. So very interesting. Um, Although I, I think they've they've since run that back and said that he first of all if he wins they it automatically extends yeah. his contract by one fight, um yeah. and if he loses I think Dana came out and said they actually do have one more fight on his current contract, um, oh, okay. which I assume then would mean that they would uh, work something out beforehand or give him like a piss poor up and comer that they don't care if he slaughters. Yep. Who are we? Um, buying stock in. There's not a lot of youngsters in heavyweight. There is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys under 30 in the heavyweight division. Obviously, we got to buy stock in Tai Tuivasa, right? Yeah, I mean, I am and I'm not. Uh, I would say, like, long term, I am, but, like, he does seem maybe like he's avoided some punches uh, against some bad opponents and now has rattled off some wins. But remember that this is a guy who two years ago, we were talking about him being on a three-fight losing streak and getting submitted by Sergei Spivak. So if you want to talk yeah. about Tai Tuivasa, like, I mean, Sergei Spivak is, I think, the youngest guy in the heavyweight division. Yes. And yet he's coming off a loss to Tom. Yeah, he's coming off a loss to Tom Aspinall, but, like, he yeah. had won three in a row before that. So... Uh, I'm not totally sold on Tai Tuivasa yet. I will say yeah. the one who I'm buying stock in, and I always buy stock in, is Alexander Romanov. Um, right. It's shocking to me that he's still not ranked. Um, he's fighting in the weirdest way possible. He's fighting Ilir Latifi next. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, that is that is a level of weirdness that I'm I'm not sure I'm ready for. That's a that is a fucking weird fight. <laughs> You're taking Ilir Watifi, a guy who used to make 205, um, is only five foot ten, and you're putting him against another quite chunky guy. But like Alexander Romanov is kind of short for that division at six two, and he's going to have like a massive reach advantage on yep. on Ilir Watifi, which is weird and wild and lovely, and that's what MMA is all about. So. Um, yeah, like he's probably the only one I'm like really convinced is going to like outshine where we currently see him at. Um, I would also say too, I, I think Dante Mays is one we should all keep an eye on. Um, he lost his first two fights in the UFC, looked atrocious in them. Uh, his UFC debut was against Surreal Gain, which I guess we can excuse now in hindsight. Um, yep. his second fight was to Rodrigo Nascimento, who has since tested positive for, some steroids. Uh, so he's 2-0 since then, and he certainly looks like he's fixed any issues he had with cardio. He's very big and very long, so I think he's kind of like, and at only 29, I think we could see a huge change in him too. He wears tight pants? Is that what you're getting at, Dan? <laughs> no, I, I did not. Those say comments he, you made there? I did you not. You were describing say, something. I, nope, I was just, although he did pelvic thrust somebody in the face. In his <laughs> well, it's true. It all comes together. Yeah, look at it that. Yeah, full circle. That. Uh, uh, let me see. I thought you were going to say Tom Aspinall. He's only 28, 4-0 in the UFC. Um, Shamil Abdurakhimov is next for him, which is a fight you would think would be uh, probably yeah. an easy, pretty easy win for him, right? Yeah, I, I would say, look, I, I'm in on him. Like, I think he's, I'll put it this way, I think he's more legit 
than Tai Tuivasa. I think he's probably yeah. got more potential than Chris Dawkins because of his physicality. My bigger issue is just that, like, I wouldn't buy stock in him right now because everybody else is super high on him. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm surprising anybody by bringing up Tom Aspinall being like a good future fighter in the heavyweight division. Um, yep. But like, yeah, he's he's damn good. There is not much to speak of, though, like I said, under no. 30. So, Sergey Pavlovich is 29. He's 2-1, and one, so 14-1 overall, so maybe him. He's but, been in um, the UFC for, like, eight years. <laughs> he's had three fights. <laughs> yep. All right, who is the champ at the end of the year? Despite the contract stuff, I'm taking Francis. Um, I'm taking Derek Lewis. Let's yeah. do it. Derek Lewis, <laughs> plus 700. Because if he, I, I, he's shown that he can beat Francis, uh, I think he, he can beat Francis again. So, and Ganu is actually the favorite. Uh, you're getting good money for him too. You're getting two twenty five plus twenty five for him, Dan. So that's pretty damn good, also. Um, then we got Cyril Gain plus two seventy five. Curtis Blades plus six hundred. Steepy, Steepy, Steepy Miocic. This is part of the show where I lose it. Steepy Miocic plus six fifty. John Jones plus six fifty. Derek Lewis plus seven hundred. Yeah, there those all I'll, those I'll all it. sound right. Yeah, and, and plus seven hundred yeah. doesn't sound bad for for Derek Lewis either. Yeah, I, I think I just want to see that happen. I'm not sure if I really <laughs> believe it's going to happen. I, it, it'd be hilarious having him having him as the champ would be just uh, would would be fun times. Hopefully, this episode was was fun times for y'all. I don't think I brought my A game down, and I, I, even though I have a brand new mic, I, I don't think I brought my A game today. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just feel brought, off. I feel a little off. I think you brought your A game. All right. Thank you. Just you need, I'll, I'll you just need picks again. That's the thing. You need picks it's again. It's true. It's true. We're, we're in a bit of a slump not being able to uh, – I, I like um, I like routine. I like a uh, schedule, and we, we are out of it a little bit, but that's okay. We are having fun talking about other things. So what are we going to talk about next podcast, Dan? We we need some topics. Should we do, dive into stats maybe? Um, any ideas? What do you want to talk about next episode? Um. Yeah, man, I thought this was going to drag into this this title breakdown was going to drag into when we were talking about Invictus. I haven't even thought about it, but we yeah, have we'll figure something. We out. have one more show coming before we do our Invictus show. Yeah, and then and then an Invictus and a UFC show. Oh my! Um, I know. So we'll, we'll be back Wednesday with something. <laughs> yeah, we will something. If if you have ideas on what we should do and uh, save us having to think too hard, you can. Uh, Reach us on Twitter at Jeff Fox Writer or he's Gumby Vreeland or on our SGPN Slack channel, which is lots of fun. The fight channel has been kind of quiet as of late because there hasn't been many fights, but usually it's jumping when the UFC is jumping. So you can always hit us up in there as well. Um, we're taking both what, love and hate? Uh, love and hate. Love and hate. Yeah, of course. That's the line. That's the line. Um, anything else we need to tell people? Probably not. Read our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, obviously. Um, thank you for helping the website and and the podcast network hit record numbers, um, record number downloads this past year, and record number page views on the actual website. So thank you all for the support there. And for those of you who have been reading my MMA site, mma-manifesto.com, I also broke traffic ref- records last year. So thank you for the support there also if you are those wise people that, that read our articles there. Um, and you can listen to Dan's top. Did you do any, is there any records that you want to tell us about Dan? Did you break records on top turtle? I'm going to be honest. I am not, sure I, I, I hope I did. Um, but I am not one who crunches the numbers hard. 
uh, all the time. So, um, yeah, let's say I, I tripled my usual listening. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. I it, mean, it's, just an amazing showing. It, it's because of the uh, the bump of talking about it every time uh, we have uh, a uh, – I have yeah, won some. I think I have won some listeners over from this show. So if, if you are somebody <laughs> who started by listening to SGPN and you listen to Top Turtle, feel free to, to send me a tweet that says that because that's uh, that's yeah. it's nice nice knowledge to have. There you go. It is nice knowledge to have. Um, hopefully we've given you knowledge. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, we told you who, who to buy stock and who to bet on in in the weight class. So there you go. Um, and then on Wednesday we'll be back and we'll we'll talk like dan dan promise we will talk about something right well i promise we'll we will talk about a thing we will and until then i will remain hobo cop jeff fox <laughs> and he will remain gumby daniel actually it's daniel gumby Reeling is how you're supposed to say it. we will talk to you on wednesday bye-bye